Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by these great companies that are giving us money to let you listen to their stuff. Bullshit, Kyle. We make this show. We make this show. You and me. Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by us. <laughs> Someone's got to pay the bills, Dan, because it's not our trading. <laughs> <laughs> All right, roll them. You are listening to an entertainment program put together by a company called Financial Ineptitude. Anything said on this show is not an endorsement or professional advice. Would you really want to tell a court of law you were suing us because you thought taking financial advice from two idiots on a podcast put out by Financial Ineptitude was a good idea? Really? Clown hats on your face. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the China Shop as we are opening the doors for another edition of Roundtable Square Trader. I'm your host, Kyle, and joining me this week are the feckless and frothy Flary and China Shop favorite, super fan, director of quality control, Joel MC. How are you guys doing today? <laughs> That's quite the intro. <laughs> doing good. Doing good. Before we dive into today's discussion, I have to take a quick moment to thank our sponsors and friends over at Manscaped, Trade Pro Academy, and Orderflow Labs. Manscaped is the best in men's below the waist grooming with precision engineered tools for your family jewels. With the holidays over now, this is your last chance to take advantage of our exclusive offer of 20% off and free worldwide shipping using promo code TWOBULLS at manscaped.com. As always, that's the number two. Remember, if we hit our monthly goal, that code will last forever. Not like the holiday one that's going on screwing us out of our <laughs> sales. <laughs> oh, we should not have done this in December. Uh, when it comes to institutional quality trading education, take a look at tradeproacademy.com. In our free Discord server, you'll find instructions to take advantage of our discount with them as well. And for all those degenerates who enjoy trading futures, you'll definitely want to check out the custom tools and studies over at Odorflow Labs. And if you enjoyed today's conversation, you can learn more about today's guest by checking out his Twitter, at V. Is that correct? Yeah, it's uh, at, under, uh, at Flurry underscore V. At Flurry underscore V. Uh, do you have a YouTube or anything else that you're... Not yet. Not yet. Twitter's okay. the place to go for now. Twitter's the place to go. So yeah, be sure to check out Flary. Uh, definitely worth the follow. Uh, and then lastly, make sure you reach out to us with suggestions, uh, corrections, questions for future guests, or even to inquire about being a, a guest on one of these roundtables. Uh, we're always looking for, for people to fill that. Uh, you do that via email at tubals at financialineptitude.com. You can join our free Discord server where a bunch of amazing people gather to share our struggles and lessons learned with other like-minded market aficionados. Those links will all be in the episode description as well. Okay, now, how are you guys doing today? Feeling doing good? Well, we're doing good. Turkey dinner's over. Yeah, this is uh, this is round two, Joel. So why don't you kind of fill us in about how things have been going since uh, we last talked to you about three months ago? Give me a second. <laughs> <laughs> Put you on the spot there. I thought I was going to sneeze. I thought oh, I was going to sneeze. <laughs> it's like, wow, it's been that bad, huh? <laughs> He's oh, okay, he's got nothing right. to say. Well. <laughs> Uh, well, sounds like my last week of trading. We should have done this a month ago. <laughs> the last three months have been very interesting. They've, like, I've learned a ton of new things. It seems I go in stages. I learn a bunch of stuff, and then I feel like I know a whole bunch. And then I get another piece of information, and I go and learn a whole bunch more. And so it was a real information dump for me. Um, different things to look at, different setups to try. I got a little bit better at backtesting, realized that Motive Wave was not my answer for backtesting. might be for some, but it wasn't for me. So I switched back to Sierra. Um, and now Kyle's going to teach me how to do some spreadsheets. We've got that going on. Oh, yeah. And um, yeah, still moving forward. 
I've had some successes. I've had some failures. And uh, yeah, that's what I've been up to. Uh, Joel, you make a good point about getting a whole, like when you get a big dump of information on you, when you learn too much too quickly, like I always find that it, it actually can be detrimental to my trading. Like I almost have to take a break, figure out how I'm going to incorporate that information and then pair it all back down to where I'm not having, you know, 30 studies on my charts and too many indicators, too many things telling me to do stuff. Like I almost have to simplify every few months. Oh, it starts a whole like spiral. You'll end up with a chart so full yeah. of stuff that you're not using any of it and you just got a mess. So right. then you start all over again and then you add one more thing and then soon you got 30 things again and then you got to dump again. Larry, how do you, how do you manage that? I mean, we've talked a lot about this before, um, you know, really just guarding your process and having a process for even things that are either going to be filtered out of your process or potentially introduced into your process. And I think both should be active, um, which it sounds like it, it, that's pretty much every trader's journey. But I, I like to what you guys are saying, simple and simplification of your charts um, is is an ongoing thing. And I think the longer uh, the longer you look at the same, you know, the same work, the the more you realize what's paying rent, what's not paying rent, and you start to simplify. Um, I, I certainly went through a process of that um, over the last like three or four months of just you know, distilling it down to maybe just a handful of things um, and cleaning up a little bit of um, of some of the things that I have on my charts. And, 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 you know, one of the other things that I've done is actually focus, instead of having like 10 charts that are looking at 10 different things, trying to bring in that information from maybe those 10 charts into one execution chart. And so, you know, if I'm, if I'm looking at, you know, hourly or four hour gained and lost levels, and I'm looking at Delta, um, Delta clusters or historical Delta, but I, I want to interact with those levels on a lower time frame um, chart or an execution or trigger chart. I just started overlaying those levels. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll draw the levels on my hourly or four hour, or you know, I'll track the delta on a on a chart that's meant to do that. But I don't care about where those levels are unless unless I'm on my execution chart. So I was able to kind of like clear out how many charts I was looking at too, which is another thing too. But yeah, I I think simplification is just a process that everybody goes through. And I think probably the longer that you spend uh, trading and looking at charts, the simpler your process becomes is it becomes more clearly obvious what's paying rent or what combinations of things are paying rent for you. I love that too. You've been a, I think you've talked about that the last few times we've had you on there. What's paying, what's, what on your screen is paying rent? Is your execution chart an absolute tornado of information? <laughs> no, no, it's the opposite. No? I just, I, I simplified it down. So it's it's areas of interest from a handful of things that I look at uh, that I want overlaid onto that chart, and it's uh, it's Delta um, and and a couple of other uh, you know buy or sell type signals where I want to look for I, you know essentially. Area of interest, tools confirm, execute. So I want to see us come into a four-hour gained or lost level. Um, and it's even better if that happens at an area that is a high delta area from previous auctions. And then I want to see delta in, delta out. I want to see an exhaustive push and I want to see um, an initiative uh, push away from that area. And the rest is basically just noise. So then I can focus on whether or not price is even in one of my areas of interest, then I don't care what's firing on my charts. So there can be a hundred indicators on my charts all firing at the same time. If it's not doing that at my area of interest, I, I really don't care. Mm. But once it gets to that area of interest and then the tools confirm or 
you know, whatever you're looking for, whether, whether you have a signal or if it's, you know, a pattern from the footprint or whatever it is, that's where you're paying attention. So yeah, for me, I mean, it's actually, it, it, it's much cleaner this way. Um, the only reason I still keep some of the other charts up is because it's easy to get kind of lost. Uh, I don't know what's the saying, like the forest through the trees or the trees through the right. forest or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Because you just, you should always know where you're at in the higher time frame structure too. So it's like you can, you can get so zoomed in sometimes, especially day trading. You can get so zoomed in sometimes you, you forget that you're pulling into like, you know, yesterday's low or something like that because you've been zoomed in on some low time frame for a while. So I, I do still keep a look at the higher time frame at all times. Um, I have what I would call like a, a sort of like an execution chart, which is like the day on usually some tick based chart. So like on NQ, I really like to use a 512 tick. And then that trigger chart, which is like the pure execution chart is where all that information gets kind of distilled down to. And that's where I'd, I'm, I'm very low time frame, and I want to see things. Basically, I want to see buying confirmation in my area of interest if I want to get long, and I want to see selling confirmation in my area of interest if I want to get short. You know, and it, that keeps it pretty simple. So, yeah, I mean, I, same same process, just trying to simplify. And and um, you know, again, like I, I probably look at maybe a half uh, a half a dozen things on on a regular basis and maybe a dozen things um, from a homework perspective that some of it might make it down to a daily plan. Some of it might, might not, but yeah, the, the process of, of getting things simple uh, is definitely, I mean, it's just an ongoing thing. It's something that you should be doing. I, I wouldn't think negatively upon it. If you're, if you're uh, churning through some ideas and, and, and things like that. Does that ever slow down? Like as you learn enough to like, do you finally stop learning so much at once? Cause a lot of times it feels like drinking from a fire hose. Like if it could at least be like drinking from the bathtub yeah, faucet, that'd be a little more manageable. <laughs> I, I think right? it slows down when you, when you gain confidence that you've created a profitable system yeah. or a profitable process. Uh, if and I mean, maybe even to back up a little bit that, that you feel like you can clearly define uh, what a profitable process looks like. Um, but assuming that you have one, right, and, and that you think that you're executing in it consistently, you've got some version of a subset of rules that you're trying to follow. I think that's probably the point where then you start to really guard that process until you have a defined process that you think is profitable. It's sort of, you know, churn and, churn and butter, right, until you get something that works. And then, you know, in theory, you should just be nurturing <laughs> that thing, right? <laughs> and you shouldn't be deviating from it. So would you even say that it would be part of the process to go through that where you, you're essentially experimenting, trying different things until you find something that is going to be a base to your process or the next step in well, your yeah. process? hundred mm-hmm. percent. I mean, I guess that is part of the process is finding your process. Yeah, I mean, you have to establish some sort of, uh, you know, foundation um, right. first, right? And then I think it becomes right. building blocks and nuance. You know, I mean, what what kind of trader do you want to be? Are you trading support resistance levels? Are you trading uh, just purely order flow? Are you trading uh, volume profiling? Are you TPO charts? Uh, you know, wh- whatever it is, it, there's got to be some version of of a foundation. Um, you know, and, and it it could your foundation could just be three very individual setups that you that you track across a bunch of markets and when those setups happen you always take those setups and you know your your process could be i hunt for these three setups to happen in the market and it's all i do versus um 
you know, maybe you're tracking uh, a way to create levels and then you're tracking a way to interact with those levels. And then you're tracking what your, uh, you know, what your take profit scheme would look like, you know, in, in A setup, B setup, whatever. Uh, there's a bunch of different ways. But yeah, I, I think the process of getting to somewhere where you feel comfortable with, you can repeat this thing and it has a, a good result or, or even like it, it, even if it has a, a close to break even or a bad result, like if you think that there's promise in it and it's worth sticking with. And, you, you know, I mean, we talked about this before. You have to stick with it long enough to know it's bad, too. Right. Right. Like, right. Um, you know, and I think that's where paper trading is, is actually helpful. It's not going to help you with the emotions of trading that same system. But, you know, some version of back testing uh, or forward testing with paper trading or, you know, a bunch of these different prop accounts is, I mean, it's a good cheap way to get some skin in the game and see if your idea makes sense. But yeah, I mean, uh, having a process of building your process is is obviously important. Um, assuming you already have it, then it becomes protecting it, right? And I think that's like, again, what we've talked right. about a bunch is you should have some small amount of your weekly time set to investigating some things that smart people around you are doing. Um, and And, you know, it might just be educating yourself so that when you hear someone else that's talking about cycles, um, you know, speak about cycles, that at least you know what they're talking about and what implications that could have on some of the things that you're seeing. And is there confluence across multiple modes of work? Mm, right. But, you know, you're not going to spend five hours this week studying cycles if you're not trading them. <laughs> now, if, <laughs> no. you, if you spend totally. 10 minutes educating yourself on it or like, you know, following a Twitter feed of somebody who uses cycles or whatever it is, um, that great, right? But that's guarding your process. You're not going to waste a bunch of time that you could have used doing your own personal backtesting, forward testing, or just evaluation of your work on someone else's work, right? Uh, but, you know, maybe you spend five, 10 minutes a week and you do that, you know, consistently. And then you feel like, hey, maybe there's some merit in this. I'm going to allocate a little bit more time or, you know, okay, now I'm going to start to incorporate a setup based upon all the things that I've learned. And, you know, now, like, again, like your process gets guarded and it keeps, it keeps you from, which I think was our original point of having a million things on your chart from a million different sources. And, you know, you could never keep track of all the nuance of all the things that all these things are they're working for someone, right? Like right. that's, that's how they came right. about. That's how you learn for them. Exactly. But you could never manage the nuance of, you know, a, a hundred different traders personal setup on your chart, uh, let alone try to like watch the order flow and all the things that people try to do all at the same time. So, right. Yeah. I, I, it's it, the process of creating the process, having a process and then guarding it. And it all leads to simplification at the end of the day. I think you, you end up with less stuff on your charts. And the stuff that you have has a, has a reason, an intention, or a purpose. And if it doesn't, um, you know, over time, it should slowly probably just drift away. In my humble, you opinion. mentioned the foundation. Can you speak like what what do you think makes a good foundation for a trader starting out? I mean, you should set up a one simple setup is probably the easiest way um, to do it. Um, whether that setup is like a pure you know, like, for example, like consolidation breakout on like a daily mm -hmm. or something like that. And, you know, you could say I look for seven days of consolidation minimum and um, I take the first breakout candle and I put my stop below the low of the day or something like that. Like that, that's like a pretty standard like multi-day momentum type trade or something like that. 
you could build a foundation on that and then you could have smaller time frame versions of that trade or you know whatever nuanced versions of that trade so that's like a setup right you're looking for one specific thing whereas you know for a, if you're if you're setting out to day trade especially in futures you know you're trading the same product every day so you're not going to have you're not going to have a foundation necessarily that's built um if you only trade NQ in one specific setup, because you might spend, you know, a week watching NQ trade and maybe the setup doesn't come. Now, can you still do that? Of course. Um, you know, you could be patient and wait for your one setup and not trade. And, you know, you hit that size and blah, blah, blah. Uh, but for most people, I think the journey looks like trying to find some version of where do I want to do business, right? Like, uh, do I want to use uh, supply and demand zones or gained loss levels? Do I want to use uh, trap traders? Do I want to use swing high, swing low? Do I want to use historical delta? Wh- whatever people do to create levels, uh, settlement levels, or um, you know, uh, option option strike, you know, whatever right. put walls, call walls. That you know, like there, there's a million different things that you can do. But I think like at, at the core of it, it's like an area of interest, right? Like decide in a really consistent way, where do you want to do business? Um, you know, and there's some, you know, more advanced ways you can do it. And there's probably some really just simple vanilla ways that you can do it. Like put a RTH VWAP on your chart and, you know, you want to be long on tests from above and you want to be short on tests from below and build a system on it. I mean, hmm. there's guys that do, that'll do that with like a moving average, right. right? Like you can put a 144 moving average on a 512 tick and NQ and find a bunch of great trades, um, you know, on either side of that line as it goes on your chart. So again, I think it's like finding finding where you want to do business, and then finding the nuance, whether it's order flow based or um, you know just some simple price action pattern that you look for uh, around that. You know, so that would be kind of like that day trader uh, foundation. It's like where do I want to do business and why, mm-hmm. uh, and how do I define that? And then when I zoom in and we get to that area of interest. Uh, is there something that I look for? You know, right. You know, I think the last piece would be what kind of trader, what kind of trader am I? Am I scalping this level? Am I, am I um, position trading this level? Am I looking for, uh, you know, half of the daily range off of this level? You know, blah, blah, blah. Um, I I think there's a bunch of different ways you can do it, but yeah, I mean, at the core of it, it's, it's probably like I, I show up to this market every day and I look for these spots to do business on a consistent basis. What do you think, Joel? That was excellent. <laughs> a very good explanation. Do you have any follow-ups to that? Yeah, I think it, it really does boil down to that, right? It really boils down to you have to have a process and you need a process to building that process. And then once you have it, then you have to guard it. That kind of sums it up, right? And you need mm-hmm. to be cognizant of what's going into it and what's coming out of it. Yeah, garbage in, garbage right? out too. And, and, you know, I mean, you got to have a filter. And, and listen, just because it works for me doesn't mean it's going to work for you. There's there's definitely things no. that lean into people's strengths, too. So being honest with yourself on that, too, like I, I see setups, um, you know, just no setups trading with uh, uh, scalpers that like you. I can see them. I see them pop up. But I know if I try to take this scalp setup that shows up 100 times a day across 10 different markets that. I am not disciplined enough to execute that setup perfectly or as perfect as I can that many times per day. Whereas a scalper and someone who has that level of discipline, that level of you know observation, uh, see it, hit it, that it takes to watch these patterns come in as fast as they come in and execute as close to perfection as they can across a, 
a multitude of trades in, in, in one day, potentially across multiple products, that's not my strong suit. So I know, even though I can see that pattern and I know it uh, from learning it from people or just observing it, I don't want to trade that because I know if I try to take those 100 trades, I'm going to screw up 30 of them, <laughs> right? Or whatever. And right. that, yep. that type of strategy needs an 80 to 90% win rate. And I know right out of the gates that my own shortfalls make that strategy not make sense for me. So there's that piece of it too, right? Where you just got to be honest with yourself on like, what like what kind of trader do you want to be? One, what what fits your lifestyle? What fits your personality? Uh, what fits your time? Uh, you know, availability to be in the markets and things like that too. So yeah, I mean, all of that should go into building the process. But at the at the end of the day, you should feel good about it, right? Like you should you should feel right. good about yep. whatever you've built from your body of work. And I can guarantee you that some version, if not most of it, will come from something that someone has taught you, something that someone. Um, shared and and you were able to pick up on the nuance or just you know communication um, with other traders uh, whether it's in discords or whatever that looks like it, that learning someone's nuance uh, is like one of the most powerful things you can do and then learning how that that style fits to you is, is the is the biggest thing because it's like you could have a, a really like I mean you could have uh, you know what's his name uh, the, the the guy who like kind of created TPOs. You could have Dalton um, yep. right. teach you TPO, right? You could go to his classes, you could do the thing. But unless he, unless you really get to ask some of those nuanced questions and they start to share some of the nuanced setups and those observations that you just can't learn from a book, you have to be watching TPO charts for years, weeks, weeks, months, whatever it is. When people start to share that stuff and then you take that back and you incorporate that into your process, that's where like it starts to become this like Frankenstein of a bunch of really smart people who you've networked with turning into your your process. And, you know, you take a little bit from here and a little bit from there and you you build something that feels good to you. Um, and, you know, like, like like you said earlier, like that might look completely different, you know, year one to year two to year three, year four, and so on and so forth. And I think at the end of the day, it probably ends up in like the most simple version <laughs> of that uh, with as little stuff on your charts, uh, you know, down the road somewhere. But yeah. The, I think the, the danger in that though, is when you start getting, you get, if you get too excited about something that someone's sharing with you and then you just completely abandon everything that you'd done before and then start focusing on right. that, like that's the thing that I, I think a lot of people struggle with. And like, does that make sense? Like For somebody sure. teaches me a new Delta in Delta out strategy. And now I've decided, okay, never mind. Forget my breakout strategy that I've been working on for the last six months. I'm going to scrap it and start over from here. And then when I fail at that, then I'll go dust off the one that we used to work and see if I can't figure that one out again. Right. It's a vicious cycle. That's I mean, that's where that process of guarding your process comes from. You know, I mean, yeah. you, you have to be intentional. Otherwise, you're going to be hopping around. Uh, what, Joel, what did you call it? Yeah, what were you saying, Joel? It, uh, being a bee going from flower to flower. Right? Yeah, like, exactly. A bee flower to flower and never staying with one thing. Yep, absolutely. And, I mean, I think the answer to that question is, uh, which, which the, the actual full question was, you know, how, how, do you, how do you get over the hurdle of your tendency of being a bee fly, uh, going from flower to flower, not sticking with anything, um, you know, to your advantage? Like, how would you overcome that? The answer, I think, for me would be guarding your process, right? And right. yeah, okay, if you're still developing your process, it's a little bit harder to guard it because you need to develop it. But in the same right. sense, 
you know, you still need to to have some sort of plan. Like, like you know, like you just think, oh, oh, Delta in, Delta out. Now, now I'm not a breakout trader anymore. Right, right. Um, you know, I'm looking for this. Well, no, um, you're a breakout trader. That's the process that you're trading daily and that you're working on your discipline on and, and your execution on and, and you're spending a majority of your time away from the charts, developing that strategy for now. That may change, but for now, but then you, you know, again, maybe you're allocating 15 minutes, 30 minutes a week, you know, or whatever it looks like to seeing like, okay, how does this delta in, delta out fit into my overall process? Does it have a place? Does it replace breakout trading or does it complement breakout trading? Uh, and then you start to look at the things together, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, we had, uh, you know, for a breakout trader, maybe you wait for like a big impulsive move, right? We break through, uh, well, we haven't broken through anything lately. So let's just say we break down. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, we break down through support uh, in a big impulsive move. And, you know, we have like a you know 100 point down candle through what was support that lasted about two seconds, right? And then we get our first pullback. And in that first pullback, you might be looking for a breakdown trade on the next, like, uh, you know, I would call it like a pop pullback candle under candle. So you would, you would pop back up and then the candle that makes the high, you would want to get short when you break the low of the candle that just made that new high. So it's a pop back up and then you're looking to short that pop, right? It's a, a kind of a classic price action, uh, like two or three bar or three or four bar setup, whatever. Okay. So, you know, that would be a sort of like a breakout trade, right? Like you're looking to break out from this new or breakdown in this case, uh, given the last week's action. Um, you're looking to break down, right? So, okay, well, I have this very specific thing I look for in this breakdown trade. I want to see price retrace after a big move. I want to be short the, the low when we break the low of the candle that makes the high on the first pullback. I want to see volume come in on that break to confirm the move. And I want to, at the very least, see this go to the previous swing low relatively quickly. This trade should happen fast when it happens. Um, and that's my setup. Well, now all of a sudden, I've got this new information about Delta Towers, Delta in, Delta out, blah, blah, blah. And so instead of just saying, oh, no, I don't trade that you know pullback candle under candle move anymore, uh, you know, forget that, maybe you would go and say, okay, when that pattern set up on any of my trades, was there any delta out on that that I could use as confirmation? And right. maybe what you find is that, oh, look, this 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 setup failed. We broke the candle that the low of the candle that made the high, but you know we didn't have any delta supporting the move, and it you know it it just sort of like maybe it only went two or three points, and then it pulled back, and it was a failed uh, you know three bar setup or something like mm-hmm. that. Well. Maybe you could go back and say, oh, well, look, a strong buy delta came in on that pullback uh, or, you know, so there was no delta in, delta out. Or, or maybe on the push, the exhaustive push up on that first pullback, maybe there wasn't an exhaustive buy and you only got a little quick sell push. And, and that's one thing that I look for is I like to look for an exhaustive push. If, they don't, if we don't have that exhaustive push from a delta perspective, then I don't like that setup. I, I would call that like an unsecured low or an unsecured mm-hmm. high. Right. Because you want to see an exhaustive push into that area. So that's where I think, you know, versus like to your point, I like, oh, you just scratched the whole setup. <laughs> like uh, now I'm not I'm not <laughs> trading this candle under candle pattern or three bar pattern anymore, whatever it is, because I'm only looking for delta and delta out. Well, no. Can it complement that? And, you know, maybe in complementing it, maybe somewhere down the road you go, well, this is an easier way to quantify my my uh, breakout strategy or my candle under candle strategy, whatever it is like 
yeah, maybe one day it eliminates it. But for now, your process is that. And this should only complement it and or add to it um, as a complete separate entity. It, it should never just come in and replace it. And um, I, and I really don't think it should never just come in and just be like a, a, a side to it right away. Like it needs to earn its spot. Mm-hmm. on on your list of things that you're looking at right it, it shouldn't just come in because you know so, somebody mentioned it on twitter or whatever you, you got to do your right. due diligence and that time i think is that guarded time right it, it maybe uh you know maybe if it's something that you really really are passionate about you want to allocate more of your personal time to it sure but as far as like time away from the screens go it it should be focused on the things that you're currently doing to execute trades and very little about things that you plan on potentially letting into your process that makes a lot of sense mm, very interesting yep so i think that's how you overcome that right right absolutely you you just be, become an allocator of your time and and in the in the in through that you're guarding your process right like define what it is and then, you know, have that definition of what is my process. And then, you know, maybe on a separate list is like some things that you're interested in or some things that you might think complement your strategy. So if you're a price action trader and you're looking to complement price action with some version of order flow, you know, maybe you're spending five to 10 minutes a day looking for order flow type things that complement uh, mm-hmm. your price action. Right. Setup. Finished auction on a footprint or something like that. Hundred percent. Right. Yeah. Okay. Part of that too is awesome. I think you need confidence in at least the thing that you're trying to do too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think the key there is the process needs to pretty yeah. well be established. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But there's no point in having a second piece to a process if you don't have a first piece yet. There's, you don't need to build a you know a 15 step playbook. Right. If the first step is not even yeah, established, you got to have a team first. <laughs> well, I think there's right. a lot of pressure to like build this magical process too, right? Yeah. Like, well, for sure there is. The process can be one setup. <laughs> that could be your process. And trust me, there's plenty of traders out there that, um, that just look for one thing. Um, you know, typically if you're looking for one setup, you're doing it across multiple markets, um, whether it's futures or if you're trading in stocks, whatever, crypto. Like if you're looking for one very specific like weekly consolidation pattern, well, how many products are going to be weekly consolidating? You're you're not going to trade NQ only right. or ES only and have a you know daily consolidation breakout pattern you know that's based on momentum. Now you might be able to have that as your only pattern that you trade, but it's going to be pretty difficult if you can't diversify that across a bunch of different markets. So yeah, I get like it, there. The need for there to be this mystical process uh, is also not necessarily there. I think it's like you need either a setup or some basket of setups that ultimately give you the ability to execute enough trades where your risk reward skew makes sense and there's enough opportunities in the market. Mm -hmm. Because you could have a trade setup that has 100% win rate. But it only shows up one time a year. Yeah. What are you going to do? At the farm. <laughs> I mean, right, I, I guess, right? Yeah. You, bet, you bet the farm. But what if you miss yeah. it? Right. You get, now you got to wait till next year. Ah, shit. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, and that's where it's like you got to kind of build. Um, you got to build something, right? But it doesn't necessarily have to be this mystical process of like, I look at these 10 things and blah, blah, blah. I think it just kind of happens organically, too, is is you start to look at these setups, you start to look at things, 
you know, especially when you start incorporating order flow, I think order flow really helps complement day trading very well because you're able to kind of use this like to the second to the minute data, um, you know, whether it's across multiple time frames or just one that you're looking at in order to complement a handful of different things that you look for or areas of interest, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that that's right. where like a lot of people kind of land is like levels and order flow. Uh, and that's, I mean, that's, that's, uh, certainly a process, right? If someone says, what's your process? You say, I wait for my level and I look for order flow to confirm. Or I wait for my level and I look for this certain price action pattern or, you know, whatever. So yeah, I, th- I think defining it is, is just as important as, <laughs> as getting to the point where you're going you're gonna to protect it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it doesn't have to be this, this mythological, uh, you know, super process. The, the thing can be one trade. Like it could be one price action pattern. You could trade only two bar reversals or three bar reversals or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that'll show up all day long across a bunch of different timeframes, right? You just, uh, that's your setup, but yeah. I think that's been for me though. I would have to say that's my whole bee flower to flower is I'm looking for that myth, myth mystical, mythical, mythical setup, mythical uh, process that is just, I keep trying to develop something rather than working on one thing. I'm trying to create this wonderful package but I don't have anything to put in the package, you know? And so I think one of the things that I should probably be working on more, which I have started already, is breaking it down so that it is just one thing to work on at a time. Wait till that gets good, and then I can start adding to my process. Yeah, I think we talked about that like maybe a year or so ago. Like, let's get, let's master something oh, yeah. first before we try to move on and add to it. Right. Like I say, I'm on the doctor plan. And so I'm four years into this. I've got another four years until I get my diploma. There you go. My PhD. And so it takes me a little longer to learn. Maybe it doesn't take me very long to learn what the material is, but it takes me a long time to learn what I'm supposed to be learning. And then also how to incorporate it too. But I like what Flary is saying about like just guarding your time, like structuring it better. Like how often do we just find ourselves staring at charts aimlessly with no plan? Like, what are we actually trying to observe? Well, we talked about that the other day. Yeah, be intentional. Yeah. Be intentional, for sure. Yeah. I was talking about that the other day with somebody about how, like, you can sit and look at a chart mm-hmm. and you think, like, I'm just, I, my setup is almost there. And by the time it comes, it's been an hour and a half and you haven't even blinked. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you can lose a lot of time if you're looking at the charts, if you're not looking for something specific. It just becomes something moving constantly right or just having a goal like okay this week i'm gonna watch i'm gonna draw or plot out my daily and weekly levels on sunday and then this week i'm just going to every time price gets to my level i'm going to observe order flow and see what i see make notes journal it yeah that's a process for building your process right right there Mm -hmm. you know i've already established what my areas of interest are now the next piece in building this foundation for me is Let's observe what happens when price comes into my levels because there's going to be something, mm-hmm. right? Like, and I, I think that's like, that's probably the easiest way to start building a process, right? Define your area of interest, whether you're trading in LVNs on the volume profile, if you're trading, uh, you know, de- de- historical delta levels, if you're trading trap trader levels, wh- whatever you're doing that, that creates the line on your chart or the box zone on your chart, go watch to see what happens when price gets there. Right. Right. How 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 far right. does it shoot through when it does shoot through? What happens when it shoots through the level and it pulls back in and reclaims the level? 
what happens if you're patient and you wait for it to break your level and pull back and test the level again on a pullback uh, or consolidates near your level? Like, again, it's like it's about building this uh, this foundation around an idea of you've decided you want to be a trader that looks for areas of interest and what happens at those areas of interest, whether it's order flow, price action, whatever. Focus on it. <laughs> we know this intuitively because like, we get told it all the time, but it doesn't like I think right. we forget it, too. But. It doesn't happen the same I way do. every time, you know? No. No. That's right. And no, that's it certainly what makes doesn't. It so tough. You have to observe it enough times to see enough things to where tendencies start to happen, percentages, and you can start to make new nuance. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Learn the nuance of it. Yeah. I love I mean, that the, word. The OR, the OR and NQ. So I trade a 30 second OR. The OR in NQ has kicked my ass over the last like say seven trading days uh and they just didn't make it easy there was lots of like little fake outs above and then breakdowns fake outs above and then breakdown fake outs below fake out above breakdown yeah yeah and so you know i mean listen i got my butt kicked last week and um you know i came into the office today and i said all right i'm just gonna work on some things for for um you know a couple of projects coming up and i'm just gonna uh, do some work right i'm not gonna trade today and wouldn't you know it, today was the biggest layup <laughs> in the OR and NQ. It didn't trade one tick above the OR high. It broke the OR low in a clean candle and never came back. Uh, I mean, it, whatever, it came back. But like the trade, I would have been long out of the trade. You know, it's just like, that's just the way it is sometimes, right? But, uh, you know, it, it, some days it, they make it easy and it's the, you know, it's the textbook version. Uh, and some days it's... Uh, <laughs> It's the head scratcher, right? It fakes you out and maybe you miss it. But uh, yeah, it's it's never it's never the same, but it does repeat, right? right. Like it, 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 there's certainly right. some things that you see happen over and over and over again, uh, whether whether you're looking at a balance area chart or you're looking at the OR, or you're looking at the way it interacts with uh, you know, a pivot or an LVN or whatever you're looking at. You'll see patterns, you know, but it's, it's rarely going to be like, oh, 10 times in a row, it's the easiest OR breakout trade you've ever had. No. If anything was that easy, then it wouldn't work for very long because everyone would be doing it. And then the more people that do well, it, they, I think the more people, the market's always positioned to hurt the most people, it seems like. And I think that's why a lot of people lean into the things they can control versus versus like trying to to be a robot in the market. Like you can control your risk. You can control how much size you put on. Mm -hmm. Those are the two things that you can pretty much always control. Like how much am I going to let this thing come against me? Uh, how much am I going to trade? And where am I going to pay myself along the way if I get to that stage of it? And that's why I think you see a lot of people use that um, as, as a mechanism, right? Like they might, they might have done the research to know, okay, you know, when the OR breaks, um, you know, I want to I want to pay for pay for a portion of my trade, you know, uh, I don't know, whatever, 10 points away in NQ, 15 points away in NQ. And then I want to set my stop to break even. OK, right. That that might be your system. Uh, but but you're using what you can control to best control a, you know, a, a system that is uh, erratic. Right. Yeah. Because some days you just, you you don't need a system, right? Some days you just short the OR low, it never comes back and it goes 120 points in 10 minutes. And, you know, look at you. Oh, I'm an OR trader. Yeah. <laughs> well, then tomorrow you come to the market, you short the OR and it snaps back and it goes 25 points to the OR high. And you, you know, you, you didn't take your stop and then you got long the OR high 
uh, and then it whips back on that and you didn't take your stop. And next thing you know, you're down 150 points and you've been trading for 45 seconds yeah. <laughs> and you didn't have a plan because because the market did what it wanted to do. And you tried to force it to break out of, of, a, of a range that you created. Mm. Right. Like, right. It, and, you know, again, that's where I'm not saying that's the end all be all answer to it, but that's where you lot you see a lot of people lean into risk and size because you can control it. Right. Like, hey. I'm willing to take this trade and, um, you know, have have a cost of doing business. Maybe I take a, you know, three point stop in NQ on the OR trade because when it goes, it should go and it should go fast. Okay, well, you know, I I took this trade three times and, yeah, I just gave up 10 points on size. Okay, well, now I'm going to cut that size down. I'm not going to give up on this trade because we're chopping around um, and I think we, you know, I think we might break down, blah, blah, blah. Uh, But maybe maybe you don't sacrifice, uh, you know. 10 contracts anymore, you you put five on because, you know, it's choppy and the the conditions today are not, they're not pure for this setup. It still may set up and you're still going to take the setup, but you've already allocated some amount of your expenses to trying to get the perfect pure trade. And it's clear that's not going to happen today. So, you know, now you need to size down and still maintain your risk. So that your you know cost of doing business is is you know reduced um, as the conditions are not uh, optimal. Right, right. Sorry, Joel. I'm not I'm trying not to take up all the time. I want to make sure you get to ask your questions. Longtime fans of the show should be familiar with the lender formerly known as Sue Pullen, and I'm pleased to announce that she's back, fresh off a rebrand and ready to help as Sue Mackey. Sue is a certified mortgage advisor at Fairway Independent Mortgage, an equal housing lender who focuses on finding the right product for you and your needs. She has over 20 years of experience helping thousands of homeowners. Whether it's purchasing, refinancing, or even a reverse mortgage, Sue will help. Sue's licensed in 36 states now, so reach out and let Sue Mackey it happen for you. The best way to reach her is just give her a call at 520-977-7904 or in an email, spullen at fairwaymc.com. Fairway Independent Mortgage has an MLS number of 2289. Sue Mackey has an MLS number of 206048. That email again, spullen at fairwaymc.com. And that phone number is 520-977-7904. Shoot Sue an email and let her know she needs to update that address. Well, yeah, yeah, what else you got, Joel? It's, yeah, it's, it's, you know what, Kyle? Come on now. I know, it's so hard, though. <laughs> I was going to say it's, <laughs> it's so funny how come in with, you know, a list. This one is a lot smaller than the last one. We come in with a list of questions, but it always reverts back to if you've got somebody, if you've got somebody's ear that's willing to listen and willing mm-hmm. to help, you just go straight to what the root of the cause is, right? Right. Right. I know for me, root of the cause is process and building it and lack of it and developing it. I think we all just like talking about uh, some of that too. I mean, it's just the, that's that's yeah. part of it too. But you know, you can skip all this other stuff if you've got that ear and you've got their time. Then you exploit yeah, you try it. Try to right? go to the right to the the important things. Like co- confidence is always yeah. for me something so, that I always find myself like struggling. Like when I got it, it's great, but when I lose it, then it's all is lost. <laughs> like it's disastrous almost, and then it takes forever to build it back again. It's like yeah. a roller coaster, that's man. A, that's a big one. I so well, this isn't about me again. Like I, I struggled. I struggled over. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I, I'll share for me. I, I struggled over the last week. I think I went from having what may have been my best two week run uh, to. Definitely my worst one week run. And I came in one day and, and I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm done with it. Like, 
I'm going to I'm going to stick to my process. I'm going to take my trades, but I'm going to try to get one good trade under my belt and get a green day. And I am shutting this thing off. And I don't care if it's five <laughs> seconds into the market open or if it's five minutes or whatever. It ended up and it ended up being about forty five seconds. And I was like, okay, boom, hit the trade. Uh, I was in the trade for maybe a minute. It shot down, made made some points, and I just I shut it all off and I just like banked the green day. I banked the confidence. I banked, you know, that sort of like you know, whatever you want to call it, just like kind of getting the monkey off your shoulder of like, okay, enough with these red days. Like, let's just shift this so that you can do something, whether it's whether it's real or if it's just like something we create in our head. It helped right. me. And and I was like, okay, now we can put this behind us and you know, we can we can come back um, you know, maybe a little fresher or whatever. But the other thing that I found helps me is actually the the uh, just tracking everything, like the way that you taught us. I think one of the last times we talked to you about collecting your data and being able to have that to fall back on, like having that that I can pull up and be like, okay, the last three days sucked ass, but let's look at the last three months and see where we're going. Oh, look at that. It still looks good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you've turned me into a statistician. Right. <laughs> where all I I've gone from trading to try and earn a living and make money and enjoy the markets to I need to collect more data. I love the data. <laughs> That's my main focus now is just collecting data. Collect enough to collect enough to build your confidence <laughs> and, to, and to know that what you're doing is is relatively profitable, right? And then and then just look at that equity right. curve, right? It's Build build right. a process that goes some version of up to the right, and then make sure it continues to go up to the right. And if it dips down too much, you know, like just be honest with yourself, like why did it dip, right? Like I, I I think for me, I I came off a pretty hot month of December from from the card rooms and playing some poker tournaments, and uh, I I let that ego come into my trading and maybe traded a little bigger than I um, normally do and um, gave things a little more room to work than I maybe normally mm. do. And uh, it, it, it sort of spiraled into like, what, like, am I even trading my process? Like, what am I doing here this week? That's not um, my beautiful wife. That's not my, <laughs> <laughs> how did I get, <laughs> what, am I, what am I doing? But uh, you know, like, I think it's like, w- once you, I know where to revert back to, right? And I have a couple of setups yeah. too. I, I, we've maybe oh, talked yeah. about this before too. Like you should have your good old trusty mm-hmm. too, because when when it's when when you're in the in the gutter and you're like you're hurting, <laughs> you got to have that good old trusty to go back to. Whether it's you know uh, whether it's a trap trader setup or like I I I love trading off the uh, the session delta pivots, um, like where I started with those. When I'm really struggling, I just go, okay, get me a, just give me one good, clean, like Delta setup and get me out of this rut. Right. So I, I think that's a big one too. Like you got to have a good old trusty to go back to, to build that confidence back because real or not, um, or, you know, whatever, smoke and mirrors. If you don't have your head in the right place and this is already freaking hard mm-hmm. enough, you're going to get your ass kicked. I mean, you're just going to get your ass kicked. You got to be in the right state of mind. You can't have just come off, you know, struggling, getting the kids on the bus or fighting with your wife or whatever. Like that, those things, they affect you and they affect your decision making process on some version of, of, you know, whether it's a tangible level or not. Like you should be aware of it. Like, is my state of mind today the kind of state of mind that will allow me to make the best decisions I, 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 I am capable of making? And if that answer is like remotely no, no, 
you either one shouldn't be in the market or two, you should, you should have some sort of a plan like, okay, listen, I, I haven't been trading well, or, you know, the, the kids drove me nuts this morning. Uh, I'm only going to trade this one trade. I'm going to try to just get a few points and then I'm just going to lock in a green day and, and, and kind of move on and come back to the markets tomorrow with a fresh, fresh mindset. Or, or just not trade right. at all, right? I, I think that's a, just as right. successful. <laughs> How about a plan, yeah, yeah, a plan yeah, to try to get you into the right state of mind, whether that be meditation or, or something? Like lately, I've been uh, adding uh, something that Purdue suggested among our other Discord members. I do uh, a purge, a mental purge every morning. So I take inventory of where my head's at. And then everything that's in my head that's that's bothering me that I know I have to get done, I just write it all down, purge it from my mind, reassess my mental state and see where I'm at. And sometimes just getting those things out of your head, like, oh, I got to take, you know, somebody to this appointment. I've got, you know, this interview coming up. I got to get this edited, write it down, get it out of your mind and then see where you're at after that. It's something simple, but man, it makes a big difference. Yeah. And part of it is you're able to identify then to what's causing it, right? You talk about getting kids on the bus and fighting with your wife or whatever, and what kind of mental state you're in. Uh, but not being able to identify that makes it really mm -hmm. hard to know that you're in that state, right? But when you've got a way, like a mental dump, then it gives you a way to measure it and know where well, you're plus at. Plus then you also have a list of things that you can look for. If you're still thinking about them, then you know you weren't, you haven't mitigated them yet. <laughs> right. Well, right. just being self-aware, I think is one of the biggest Conscious, assets yeah. or traits uh, that you can bring into this um, you know, business that will benefit you is, is, you know, whatever, at least at the very least, just be honest with yourself. Like, you know, if, 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 if you're gambling today and you're not trading, you know, it, is it always easy to stop in the moment? No, no. that's, that's nope. how accounts yep. get blown. That's how, you know, large yep. losses happen. And listen, we all yep. will do it 100%. Maybe 1% of the 1% that make it in this thing will never have that moment because they just have that like pure discipline where that's just not a possibility for them. But for 99.9% .9 of traders, I'm guessing <laughs> yeah, fuck that guy is right. <laughs> I know that guy too, and it's so frustrating. Like I'm like, God, how do you how do you do that? Um, it, but again, he also knows that that's one of his strongest assets right. in this game, um, and he right. leans heavily into that. So, anyways, but like I, I think being hyper self aware is one of the best things that you can do in this business, and that that comes with just being honest uh, with how you're feeling, you know, with how you're trading, with uh, your analysis, post analysis, trade analysis, like. All of that stuff needs to be super raw. Uh, otherwise, you're just like you're already like you're basically cheating yourself oh, too, right? And it's 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 totally. not easy to do. Like, because who wants to come into work, right, and then be like, well, okay, let's be honest. Uh, you know, the kids drove me nuts this morning. I didn't eat breakfast. I haven't had coffee yet. I'm 15 minutes behind. You know, data came in at 7:30. The markets dropped 180 points. I didn't finish my charting. But yeah, let me jump in and trade my full right. size, uh, you know, on the open. What's going to yeah. happen? I mean, we, we, we've all done it. I mean, it, it, you know what the result is. The worst case is you actually yeah. win yeah. Uh, and you have successful trades and it's a profitable day. And, and then you, you know, negatively reinforce a, or positively reinforce a negative behavior. But, you know, it, my point, though, is it's not easy to, to have this be, you know, whether it's something you're striving to be your job or have it be your job to come to work, sit down and go, 
I, I shouldn't do this. Yeah. Like that's not easy to do. Um, and, and I think it's probably one of, the, one of the things that we all should be able to do uh, much better because the reality of it is there's definitely days where some version of, of either, you know, reduce size or trade the micros or turn the damn computer off is, is an answer, you know, some percentage of the days, you know, and for some, it might be, you know, 5% of the days for some, it might be half the damn days. Yeah. Who knows? You know, right. and for a week, it like, you, like, you know, you're, maybe you're in a rut and that answer is, you know, Hey, maybe not today for, um, you know, for a week or something like that, two weeks, who knows? Actually. Yeah. I mean, Joel, you just recently took a week off, right? Like how well did that, <laughs> how good did that feel? Yeah. So I took, what did I, in the end of November, I literally took 10 days Mm -hmm. off. I would still get up. I would still look at a few things, but I wouldn't get into any deeper level of it. And then I would go to work and I would shut my computer off and it would just, I would work for the day. I didn't worry about trades. I didn't worry about PL. I didn't worry about where the markets were. And I just had a break and it was lovely. And it was absolutely lovely. But then on the flip hand of that, last week, I was so frustrated for whatever reason. I felt like I wasn't progressing. I felt like I wasn't getting what I wanted. I felt lost. And so I just leaned into it on Wednesday and Thursday. No, on Thursday and Friday. Just leaned right into it. Luckily, I didn't blow up. I actually had a fairly decent day the one day. But like you say, there was no process. There was no accountability. There was nothing. and those are the days where the computer should have got shut off, you know, and then you can avoid that kind of stuff. And I think it probably gives you that break, which obviously you need, but then it also doesn't reinforce that bad habit. Like you're talking about flurry. Can't, you should never win. You should never win on a day where you shouldn't be trading because of your headspace. Mm -hmm. Those are the worst. Or at least if it happens, going back to that self-reflectiveness, like, at least be enough self-aware to go. All right, I, I I got a green day today, but I did not. I did not earn this. Go. Uh, oh, there's like an old Tupac song. It's like <laughs> you made a G today, but you made it in a sleazy way, <laughs> selling crack to the kids. You know, rat tat 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 tat. That's the way it is. You know, like you, you yeah. should at least know. <laughs> I might have made a hundred points today, but I probably shouldn't have, given the way I came to the market. My unprepared, like I was unprepared. Uh, you know, I'm just in here hitting spots and blah, blah, blah. Like at least have enough self-awareness to go, all right, I, I, I might've made some money, but <laughs> I didn't earn I this. I became a scalper for two days and I have never been good at scalping before. Oh, I was a funny. scalper for two days. <laughs> <laughs> so that's another story though. We have, um, I have a question that both Kyle and I both wanted to ask anyway. So we should get to that before we run out of time here. Have you found better success trading level to level or using a risk reward ratio of say two or three or four or one to one? Which do you find works better for you and why do you do that? <laughs> My answer is like both, but uh, do it. Then. Uh, I'll, I'll break down the question. I'll, I'll break down the question. Sure. Um, yeah. As I think, you know, a developing trader, whatever would, would want to look at this from. So, Risk reward, like a clean two to one uh, or a clean three to one or or whatever, I, I think is always easier if you're in the building stage. So, you know, we talked a lot about earlier on in this conversation, um, 
you know, building a foundation and developing your process, blah, blah, blah. So if you're in that stage, it's so much easier to lean into risk reward. Now, everything comes with an opposite to it, right? Like, so if, if you're, if you say, okay, uh, I, I'm going to set up a two to one bracket and I'm going to take, um, I'm going to take every, you know, one hour loss level, gain loss level that we come into. And I'm going to give it 15 points and I'm going to look for a 30 point take profit. Okay. Well, you take a hundred trades and you do that and you have a positive expectancy. Let's just say your equity curve goes up and to the right and you, you know, you made more points than you lost and you know, whatever, it's a good strategy. Yep. Okay. Well then what you do is you start going and looking at, well, oh wow, I took profit on this trade at 30 points, but it went a hundred. Well, and I took profit on this trade at 30 points and it went to 60. And then you start second guessing that. So the, the sort of yep. the drawback to that is you have to be happy with what is like the, the, like I always yeah. call it good enough, like the hashtag good enough of that, of that setup, right? So if you want to be a pure risk reward trader, uh, you know, you're all in, all out, um, or some version of like, you know, most of your trade is coming off at like a two to one, three to one, whatever. It's pretty standard for most people. You just have to be okay with that. And that should potentially then drive you to look for more setups that meet that, you know, that, that parameter of like, hey, I, I only want to risk you know, 15 points and I want to make 30 or whatever. Well, now you can go hunting for a bunch of strategies that sort of like show up throughout the day in that, you know, the downfall to that is, you know, if you're, if you're always all in all out, uh, you're always looking for more trades and, um, you know, that's not into your strong suits and all those, all those things. Like it, there's the potential that you don't capture all the move, right? But it's really easy to quantify. And that's what the strength of it is, especially if you're just trying to build a system around something, right? Like, mm -hmm. If you're trying to backtest something, good luck trying to backtest a, you know, a six lot uh, take profit scheme that, you know, takes profit at, you know, 15, 30, 50, blah, blah. like it, it's going to be so hard to do that, that, you know, that's where that's where this like sort of like that backtesting journey becomes very difficult, right? Like, and that's where it's very easy to do if you go back and you say, okay, I want to risk 15 points and I want to get 30. Does this setup work? And you can find a bunch of things that just work. And it becomes very easy to build the confidence, to build consistency, because you have a very rigid set of rules. The less rigid those rules become, which becomes that like level to level thing, you know, I think the harder it, it then becomes to quantify whether or not what you're doing is working. You have to use a lot of sample size. So, you know, level to level would be, you know, I bought this, uh, I bought this four hour gained level. Um, support and I'm going to hold this full position until we get to our first untested resistance level. Okay, hmm. so that worked one time, and then the next time it goes almost all the way to your level, and then it didn't work. Well, where are you cutting the trade? Right? Do you have you know? Are you stopping break even plus ten? Break break even plus twenty? Uh, what if the level's seventy points between level to level? What if the level's thirty points between level to level? So it, it's not that it's not doable and that both don't have pros and cons. It's that um, I, I think it's easier to define a strategy using a, a, you know, a two to one, three to one type risk reward all in all out type strategy. And then the more you complicate that, obviously, the harder it is to then quantify whether or not your strategy is consistently profitable, because now you're incorporating nuance and maybe like subsets of rules and things like that. So to kind of circle back to what my answer would be, which is both. Um, I like to use an arbitrary kind of like pay myself along the way. 
Um, so I'll just get like I'll just give an example. Um, let's say you take a 15 point stop. Mm-hmm. Uh, your stop is 15 points. I might take a third of my size at uh, 30 points. I might take another third at say 50 points. And then I might leave the last third of my position to go and attack my areas of interest or my levels. Um, And I may choose to then add as we break through some of my levels, because I've now got a well-protected position entry, um, because assuming we're now starting to get to those levels, um, which typically I, I design my work so that my levels are somewhere between 75 and 100 points away. And again, by design, so that if I get to TP1, I get to TP2. Now I'm somewhere about 25 to 50 points away from my next level. Well, okay, we hit my next level. I maybe take a piece of my third off and we break through that level. Well, now I can add back and I'm 75 points, 100 points away from my entry and I can add back um, you know, some, some portion of, this, of the position um, once it sort of bases and it looks like it maybe will break out of the level. So for me, I like to do a hybrid version and you know, whether you want to call it kind of like paying for a portion of the trade along the way or whatever, but it. It, on average, what I found is that if I can get to TP1 and then TP2, if I get stopped on the remaining third, which I'll move my stop to break even and just let it run, uh, unless I see something like just if I'm long and I see just like, whoa, that's a big sell. Yeah. Okay, cool. Just cut the trade. You know, I don't need to watch this come you know, 50 points back <laughs> against me. But for the most part, it's, it's now... I've locked in on two thirds of my position, you know, on average, uh, like about a two to two and a half to one R. And the rest can just go to be a day maker, week maker, month maker, who knows? Um, you know, and, and, you know, then you can mix in ads and all that kind of stuff that you do. But uh, I, I like to do something like that. And, and I actually would like to get to a point where even less of that position comes off, um, where you're letting more work towards those levels. So again, I think it's like, it's a, it's the, for me, the right answer is somewhere between um, paying for the trade at some, uh, you know, managed risk reward level. You know, again, in NQ, I like to do about 30 points because it's about an average rotation or, a, or the meat of an average mm-hmm. rotation uh, currently. Um, and then just let the thing work. So, you know, right now uh, by, by 50 points, I'm out two thirds of my position and the rest gets to work. Right. And the other piece of this, besides the fact that I know that I've sort of like locked in a quote unquote good trade, if I can get to TP2 and the last third is just working for me. The other part is like, I've sort of earned the right to use discretion now. Whereas like we talked about all the issues with just trading level to level, all the what ifs, right? Well, okay. What if now I've already paid for uh, you know, two thirds of my trade, two thirds of my trade is off. I'm at 50 points. Now I can, I can decide, hey, maybe I want to take profit at this level. Maybe I want to take profit at the next level. Maybe I want to add to this when it breaks the level. I, I've already basically paid for this trade and I've earned the right to decide how far I want to push this trade, whether or not momentum on this day um, should carry us further. Uh, is, you know, are, are we seeing trend day tendencies? Uh, are we pulling into um, you know a big daily resistance level, and I want to just take the whole two third or the whole last third off, you know, at, at this level versus you know maybe a partial of it and letting it go to the next level, blah blah blah. All the different things that you can do, uh, you sort of earn that right to uh, you know push your uh, discretion onto the market and onto this particular trade. Yeah, and why would you be trying to force something like those big moves when you haven't been paid yet either, right? Yeah, like I really. I subscribe to that school of like, if you don't pay yourself at some point, you got to pay yourself, right? You got to, 
if you don't pay yourself now, when will you? That's what George used to always say. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, I mean, it's a big confidence booster right. thing too. And, and again, I, I'm not saying it's for everybody because there's certainly people that will just, you know, whatever their strategy is the whole core. Uh, but there's something about covering your expenses mm-hmm. uh, and whether that expense is like actual money in the market or it's like mental expense of watching a trade go and come back to break even and stop you out or uh, go and, you know, take a full size stop on it. Whereas, you know, a trade goes 30 points, you take a 30 position off. Well, okay, so you know, whatever. Let's just say it's uh, what divides by three. Let's just say it's six, right? So let's say you're in six contracts. It goes thirty points. You cover two. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, now if it comes back and it stops you out, the full fifteen points on four. Yeah. Right. So you have four left, and you had a fifteen point stop, and you didn't move it. Well, you just lost fifteen points on four contracts, which is what sixty points. Sixty is- points. Uh, well, I just made yeah. sixty points. I just made 60 points on right. on the two, yeah. right? So like at some juncture, it's like, okay, uh, you know, this was this was a scratch trade. I, I got in, I followed my process, you know, and whatever. Maybe you don't take the full 15 points or whatever. Maybe you stop break even, whatever you do. It's but still a risk-free trade now at that point. It Right. And there's, there's some mental capital that's yes. gained there. That I think is like, it's really, it's got a value. That, that's for sure. And it's, it's more, it's more than just the money, uh, you know, that's won and lost or whatever the right term there is. But um, I would uh, argue that most uh, people's yeah. breathing would change when they take that core off. Right. <laughs> yeah, you get that core yeah. off. Oh, God, right. core off, right. core off, yeah. All right, core off. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's the stages of the trade, but it's it certainly thing is that if you only swing for home runs and you're going to get a lot of strikeouts. Yeah. Right. And can you take those strikeouts? Right. Can you take 10 strikeouts and one home run? Oof, I can't. No. Nope. <laughs> I know I can't, I can't either. That. <laughs> you know. I can't either. I, I you know what I mean like give me give me a, a a bunch of singles, maybe a nice double in there somewhere and then boom, you get a nice home run. Um you know, and I think this is all to say that every day and every auction is the same and it's not, mm-hmm. right? Um so you might set out to be a risk reward trader taking uh 2 to 1 and you got short the OR low today in NQ. And when it broke that OR, it broke and it never came back. And then you look at the OR high and you go, wow, we never traded one tick above the OR high. And then you watch developing mid from RTH and RTH VWAP. And it never and it never breaks RTH VWAP or developing mid in that first journey. Are you going to take profit at 30 points and close that position? Or are you going to observe the market and know the nuance to say, whoa, this is trend A stuff. Like let's 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 maybe only take half of this position, or let's right. you know whatever shit. Let's add, um, you know, is, is the right answer, but uh, easier said than done. So, like, but the point is, is like, yeah, okay, be a risk risk reward trader, um, you know, that does it arbitrary two to one, three to one. But when the context of the day is telling you that you should be trading, you know, for a trend day, which typically makes the low in the last hour of the day. And you just took 30 points and you watched it go 380 points, which I did the other day. <laughs> um, you, you know, I mean, you want to talk about spending mental capital. Good luck sleeping that night when you, you know, you, oh, look at me. I booked my 30 points, um, you know, when you knew darn well. And it's one thing when you don't know. But like if you if, if you have seen it happen enough, right, like you have to be fluid um, to show what the market's giving you. Because some days, like a balance type day, you're going to you're going to crush it, right? You're going to get 
10 to 15 great opportunities to take a you know two to one risk reward trade and you're going to hit your you know 60% win rate or whatever you have and you're going to do well you're going to make points mm-hmm. right and uh whatever no big deal but that day that comes along and you didn't you took the OR short and you took your profit and you're you're flat after 30 points and then you spend the you know in the best case scenario you spend the rest of the day just watching the market just go without you uh, because it doesn't set back up it just kind of basically churns straight down it doesn't give you a very clean setup and you got 30 you know whatever you get your 30 points on whatever contracts you had great worst case scenario is you start thinking god dang it did i miss a trend day look at this thing it's going to go i was short from the low or I was short or I was short from the high. And then what do you start yeah. doing? Yeah. You start trying to make it go the way you want it to go. So, you know, I mean, we all know what that yep. is. Then, but. Um, that's why you need to be, there is no right answer. There's a foundation again, like, you know, what, what lends itself best to you, your personality, things like that. But there's also being fluid, right? Like if, if you're a level to level trader, that's typically scaling out, you know, along the way, and you have some big level and you're starting to see trend days, well, you know, take off less, uh, pay yourself less frequently, hold for longer, add more, you know, bring that average down or up depending on which, which, which way the trade's going. But that's just as important as being able to identify it, which one you want to be or which combination of you want to be is, does that make sense for what I'm seeing in the market today? And now, you know, most of the time that answer is probably going to be yes, because you're looking for trades that are inside your, your strategy. But sometimes that answer is like, whoa, Nope, let's hold on to this thing. Or, you know, the opposite is like, whoa, we're not going to make it to my next level. Let's just cover this thing. This is, you know, you could have an amazing entry that rips 30 points and you get stuck holding two thirds of your position because it just comes right back and you saw a huge sell. Let's say you got long, whatever, you got long yesterday's value, uh, value very high, pulls back into yesterday's value very high, you get long. And boom, it rips up 30 points and you get your first take profit, cores off, right? Everyone's towel snap and celebrate. Cores off, you can breathe a little bit better. Well, as soon as you do that, now you're planning, okay, let's see if we can get to 50 and, you know, you know, then where I'm going to start attacking my levels. And in the middle of you celebrating and planning your next, you know, your next take profit, a massive sell comes in. Actually going, hey, that was an anomaly sell. And I'm going to change my strategy and I'm going to either take another third right here or flatten up or move my stop up, whatever. There's a whole bunch of things you can do to sort of manage what you're seeing. That's where like order flow and just like day traders in general, like you have that edge of like you have the ability to add that extra discretion. Mm -hmm. That happens a lot. And I think that's where it's it's the other side of that too, right? So like now you're a level to level trader and all of a sudden you need to revert to, nope, this trade might only give me a two to one and, and boom, you got to cut it uh, or some version of that. So there's both sides of that too. It seems like the risk reward is the, like you want to use some version of that initially until you can start to learn those nuances because then you can at least observe and learn it sure. uh, and not get burned by it as much. Earning the right to do it. I mean, it's a great place to just be rooted in right. math, right? Like, I think well, you know, you and I talked about this in, in 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 the Back to the Futures is you know you can basically build a strategy that's based nothing on math or nothing but math. Uh, you know, I, this is my setup. This is my stop loss. This is my take profit, and these are my stats when I took a hundred trades. You, you you could care less about the nuance. Uh, you know, what time of day was it when I took the trade? Were we above or below the opening range? Like all of these like notes that you could take to sort of impart discretion on, 
yeah, and they might be good mm-hmm. notes, right? Like there might be some something in there, like like you know, VWAP is at ten points above uh, above my long, and I'm looking to get thirty points. That's probably not going to work out super great, right? Like, it, it, or at least if it does, it's going to be it's going to be a butt pucker getting yeah, through that yeah, VWAP, yeah. right? So, like, okay, great, like, yeah, but that's like to your point, that's the nuance that you learn over the time. But the simple math of it is, I don't care. Yeah, like I saw my setup form A, I clicked the button with my bracket B, C, I took the ride. That's it. And then at the end of the day, you go, you compile your stats and you say, is this thing still up and to the right? Like, did I maintain a win rate that makes sense with my take profit strategy? The answer is either yes or no. And you can, I mean, you can, I mean, to some extent, you could automate that, um, you know, but you can, you can build the foundation, you can build confidence in something that's rooted in, in mm-hmm. a sound mathematical system. Uh, and then you can start to fold in nuance and then you can start to, you know, sort of uh, do hybrid take profits and things like that. So. Yeah, you're 100% correct that it's definitely the way to build confidence in a foundation is to start with that just math-based uh, risk-reward strategy. Whew, okay. Joel, you got anything else you want to try to sneak in here before we uh, wrap this up? No, I think we can cover the rest in part three. <laughs> uh, uh, I feel like you're setting me up for a massive uh, conversation about Delta and Oh Part yeah, three here. Seeing the notes we skipped. You are, yeah. Well, you kind of covered oh, them some, like a little bit. Nah, not well enough though, Kyle. I think there's probably opportunity for. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you did a good job of touching uh, on though. That's good, man. That's exactly how you dig the nuance out of other yeah, traders. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> so I usually keep a note. Like, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. I got to go back to what you said here. <laughs> you said. You look for uh, the best that. part about doing these podcasts is getting the raw copy of the audio. Oh, hey, right. I'll take that raw copy. Absolutely. <laughs> I just need Flurry's voice. Oh, I don't geez. need mine. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, that's, that's funny. Okay, guys. Well, we've come to the end. I got to wrap <laughs> things up here. Close up the shop. Kick everybody out. Some people have real day jobs. Not me, but. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm sure you guys do. <laughs> Larry's probably got another poker <laughs> tournament he's got to get to. Uh, thanks, everybody, for sticking oh, around man. to the end here. If you know somebody who uh, you think would benefit from doing one of these or you got an expert that you'd like to suggest to us, uh, shoot us an email, twobulls at financialneptitude.com. And be on the lookout because uh, we've got a couple more of these planned, and they're going to be fantastic. Thank you to Joel. Thank you to Flurry for, for doing this again. Uh, I think we might have to schedule another part three. Maybe we'll just make this a, a quarterly event. Deal. Huh? I'm in. Yeah. You know I'm always down. I know. You know I'm always down to talk (laughs) markets, so let's go. All right, guys. Uh, You guys anything? Words of wisdom you want to leave the the listeners with here? Bet often, bet last, (laughs) bet big. I don't know. Something. (laughs) First or last. (laughs) I was trying to think of some like shitty platitude from Twitter that's uh, floating around in the holidays. Uh, Hoddle? Hoddle. Uh, They still say that? Yeah, hodl. Uh, buy Linkcoin. Buy Linkcoin. That's Link my. Uh, oh, actually, wait a Link. minute. Before we go here, real quick. <laughs> remember when we were talking about crypto uh, maybe a year ago and you talked about a character that you really enjoyed following just because he was nuts? Oh, was yeah, that? yeah, yeah. The guy from Hex, oh, Hex or whatever. Okay. I was really um, sure that wasn't SBF. <laughs> oh, no. Hell no. No. All right. No, is he, no, still, no, uh, no, is he no, still around no. or is he in jail too now? 
Oh, no, okay. he's around and, um, you know, he's obviously loving uh, all the controversy because he's, you know, he's that guy that pretends to be the savior of crypto. Nice. So nice. That's awesome. All right, guys. Thank you, Flurry, very much. Thank you, Kyle, for scheduling this. Thank you, Flurry. Thank you, Joel. Thank you, everybody else. Goodbye. Two Bulls in a China Shop is an entertainment program, and all thoughts and opinions expressed in the show belong to the hosts and not of any company. They are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security or investment product. It is only intended to provide entertainment about stocks in the financial industry of trading. If you make trades based on what you hear in this show, you assume all risks for those trades.